Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Carter, Hall of Famer and former Mets legend. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my, my life, in my career. Former Mets pitcher, World Series champion Gary Gentry. You don't think about the World Series, you're there. As long as we're here, we might as well win, right? Gary Kuzman. And you watch two, three years down the line, everybody's pitching that way. It doesn't make it right. Nolan Ryan. When you get traded, I think it's that time this disappointing that you feel like mainly the organization that you came up with and you really feel a commitment and ownership to them, you probably get your feelings hurt a little. Chris Benson was a big student of the game and studied hitters and video. We're joined by Hall of Fame pitcher Phil Negro. Charlie Huff joining us. Rick Peterson joined us. Live from the internet, it's the Cult of Mets Personalities 2016 season. Starring Gene Anthony. Nick Kalidas, and a virtual cult of Mets personality. Good day, everybody. Um, Obviously, it's not 2016, but I figured it's uh, uh, good to turn back the clock um, (laughs) when it comes to the New York Mets, because um, unfortunately... It's, it's one of those, those terrible times in, uh, in Mets history where we are all miserable. And to join us uh, in our misery and to kind of reflect on this year and where we are now and where we are going forward, I have my two distinguished colleagues with me today, Mr. Gene Anthony and Mr. David Singer. How you doing, gentlemen? Good evening. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's cooking? All right, guys. Um, well, that was supposed to be a little bit more dramatic than it actually was. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know from your end, <laughs> from your end on the phone. I, I was playing um, this this week in baseball um, music uh, from the '80s. I figured it'd be a little bit of a flashback, but I think from this end, um, when you're doing the block talk radio stuff, you don't really hear the music playing. So I don't know if you guys heard it or if it was mm-hmm. as dramatic as I intended it to be. So, there we go. Um, so, so how is your baseball season going? We, we haven't spoken in a while. And um, as last we, we left off, you know, there was a season and standings and, you know, potential wild card and all that. Um, and now there is not. Um, <laughs> who has the first comment? <laughs> well, I'll go. Yeah. 
yeah, I mean, uh, this season's going to be good. We got five great start. Oh shit, it's too late. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's, the season's the Tyler Pill era is not really um, enthusing. Yeah, Malone. Enthused, you right? know, it, it just didn't go mm. the, the way that that anybody thought it would go. And 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 as I said to you the other night, I'm I'm hoping that this sell off means something, mm-hmm. and it's not just a pure sell off. <laughs> Well, you know, we got to see more Mayday Malone, and that's an important thing. You know, Carl is very, yeah. very happy, and, you know, all of that. Uh, <laughs> Dave, 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 <laughs> Dave, Dave, what, you know, what, uh, what's gone wrong, dude? <laughs> what's, what's happening here? Oh, it's, it's just, you know, I mean, the whole season from start to now has just been one comedic joke. You know, in just injuries and, I don't know, chemistry and team composition. I don't know. It, you can't just put your finger on any one thing, but it's just been a horrible, horrible concoction, and I think this is why we're seeing the sell-off. I mean, they just look, blow it up. Walker, gone. Duda, gone. I mean, Addison Reed, who was great, gone. Maybe we'll get him back. But, I mean, just get rid of all of them, man, and just rebuild youth movement figure something else out, maybe two seasons of, you know, semi-500 baseball and build towards something. But I, I don't know, man. It's been the worst worst season that I can remember since, like, 78, mm-hmm. 79. You know, it's just been really, yeah, is, really bad. Yeah, this, is, this is actually, to me at least, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but it's um, it's worse than it felt after the 80s, um, that, that team with Saber Hagen and all the rest of them. Because I guess – at least from my own perspective, we weren't really attached to those players. And to me, I mean, this this has sort of challenged my thinking and my uh, my confidence in, in feeling like I understand the way baseball works because, you know, this group of players, this kind of this mix, you know, to me, I thought they knew how to win. Um, you know, generally, a team doesn't tank like this to such degree when they've already – been a winning team. Like, I realize they lost a lot of the rotation, but, you know, the, I mean, <laughs> I, the regular lineup's been there. I mean, have you ever seen anything quite like this before? No. I mean, you have, you have one yeah. guy on the entire team. One guy, mm-hmm. now that Reed's gone, having a good season. <laughs> yeah. You know, I guess you could say Conforto, but honestly, I mean, even him mm-hmm. since the All-Star break has been pretty disappointing. Um, but you know, it's just uh, it's, the team is just not good. I mean, Cespedes, what a disappointment he's been. Darno, you know, guys I thought were going to be good, just 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 terrible. And and then you compound it all with injuries. And I guess that is kind of a good excuse for a lot of what's mm. happened this year. But you know, the other half of the equation is guys just not performing. Well, let, let me let me throw a couple things out there um, specifically. Um, because I mean I I've been vocal with two theories that we actually haven't discussed because I guess none of us honestly it's a, it's a drag to kind of to talk about this I mean I think I don't know if you guys feel the same way but uh, I think you know there's a tendency to kind of compartmentalize baseball and not hyper focus on it because it's like what do you do you know what I mean it, it's I think that the disappointment this year is sort of not making it so like we don't have anything quite to say but it's a matter of just kind of <laughs> hoping to ignore it, and then the next thing you know, it'll be 2018, things will be back to normal again. But, I mean, there's a couple of things that I, um, I'm i sort of attributing this to myself, and so, and I just want to put them out there, and you guys 
give me your feedback, uh, counter it or whichever else. So, so I, I'm blaming most of this year on two, two factors. Uh, factor number one is Mike, uh, Mike Burris. Because, and Mike Burris and his buddy Jeff Wilpon. Uh, so basically, uh, anyone that's listening that might not know, so Burris is the, um, is the guy, um, is the football trainer that they brought in to train these baseball players to, to not be baseball players. Um, completely asinine. And, to, and from the way it looked, let's use a sandy word, from the optics <laughs> from outside, it looked very much like Jeff was forcing his friend on the team and his friend broke Cespedes and he broke uh, Syndergaard. And to me, there's a, there seems to be a culture of, turn, you know, of turning these players into these he-men. And, that's, and obviously we have all these kind of muscle pulls and everything else. And you know, the team is sort of throwing up their hands wondering, well, we don't know why it's happening. And I know Ron Darling said something about the pitchers uh, not being in shape and being too too built, but you know, even though I've heard uh, Barwis's name um, brought up here and there, I haven't. It hasn't been a big topic of conversation because I guess reporters don't want to get tossed from the locker room. But to me, that's a that's on Jeff Wilpon. And the other piece is the WBC um, because Familia has a blood clot <laughs> because he pitched in March um, at fo- before he was ready. Same thing applies to what's his face, Salas. They hire, they got him as a free agent. Boom, he goes to the WBC and burns himself out. And the same Nemo. thing, not that I care, but it happened to Nemo. Right? You know, Nemo had the same had an injury from that as well by playing too early. Um, How about you know, Seth you Lugo? can go at Lugo, bingo, Seth Lugo. So, yeah. so who is responsible for allowing all the Mets to just to completely? And this again, this happened last time. The WBC happened when when we lost half the team. Same damn thing. And so who's responsible for it? Well, hello, Jeff Wilpon. I mean, who else? I mean, it seemed to me like a lot of stars from other teams were not going this year. But yet all of our guys, the the Latin players were, I guess, pressured to go by their own community. But that's where the team is supposed to step in and be the heavy. So like Cabrera, where they can kind of say, well, I want to play, but the team's not letting me. And be the bad guy because you're trying to protect your season. And to me, if you take all those – just – Barwis's influence out and the WBC out, we're okay. You know, I mean, we can we could have withstood Harvey's nonsense and all that kind of jazz. It's just those two things, to me, all points back to ownership, all of it. Even why, let's say, Stephen Matz was pitching with an injury all year, <laughs> and they, and somehow or another, uh, that this nerve issue was a very common thing after Tommy John surgery. But it's it's August. He's been pitching with it, and no one's checked him for it. I mean, again, it's it. You know, with a smoke, this fire. So I'm sorry. I, that, that's my rant. Um, Gene, I'm passing it to you. Tell me if any of that resonates with you, and, and add on as as you want. Well, I mean, you know, in in spring training when they were showing Cespedes' workouts, I sent you a link, and we were talking about mm-hmm. this is an insane workout for a baseball player. And mm-hmm. I'm a college professor. I'm not a baseball expert. This is not my job, but. When was the last time that a muscle-bound person in baseball succeeded that wasn't on steroids? Steroids will help you get through the season and, and mm-hmm. relieve your injuries and make you come back good. But in the history of baseball, like who was the massive power lifter that was doing you know 800-pound squats? That was you know do- where do you need that in baseball? And as an organization, you know between him and Thor, how do you let that happen? 
And it, and it, forget about the World Baseball Classic. We've gone through that numerous times on this podcast about how idiotic mm-hmm. that is. Between the mm-hmm. World Baseball Classic and the Home Run Derby, if you're a bystander looking at baseball mm-hmm. and you care about your players, you'd mm-hmm. never let your players do that. I wouldn't let right. any player do either of those two things. Gene, they didn't just weightlift. They brought the guy, the guy in. I mean, we we're the 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 eye of the storm <laughs> with this stuff. We didn't. It's not that they didn't just control their players. They encouraged it. Yeah. Well, hmm. I, you know, here's what I'm taking out of this season, guys. I mean, seriously. Yeah. And 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 there's and Dave was talking about the overhaul. The two, you know, what I'm taking out of this out of this season is the value of Degrom and the value of Conforto, because those guys, they they are putting up their season. They are going toe-to-toe. DeGrom is the most important pitcher in our, in our rotation. The other thing is, though, the way you look at this team and, mm-hmm. you know, breaking down this team and, and selling off pieces and getting rid of guys, you're really only two players away from being a better team again. And... Mm-hmm. You know, whether it be uh, Joey Votto and a, and a Stanton, um, mm-hmm. the guy I feel the worst for in this podcast is Dave because he's in D.C. and he's got to watch Murphy. I mean, that's got to be <laughs> that's got to be absolutely brutal. I, I always complain about being in Florida with the Marlins and those idiots, but at least the Marlins aren't running away to the division and we're watching Daniel Murphy have an MVP season or MVP-type season. Yeah, I don't, I don't watch it. I had um, I, I've been to two Nats games this year. I, you know, my, I get tickets from work, so I went to one game, mm-hmm. and uh, it was like a business thing. And I barely paid attention to the game. I was just talking to these clients the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was right behind home plate. And then the second game was the Mets game, and it was the one that got rained out. Good <laughs> no. <Just> for you. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, this is karma. And then, so they, they call me. They're like, "Hey, your rainout tickets are um, are going to be for the September 27th doubleheader. That's the game you're going to get, like the night game." I'm like, "Well, I'll be in Alabama that day, so have a good time." Yeah, I'm, I'm taking a workout, so I, I won't even get to go. We'll be against Justin Turner and the Dodgers. I'm not unhappy about that. I, I mean, I realize he's playing really well, but I mean that's. I, from my my standpoint, at least, I, uh, I I would be a hypocrite if I <laughs> if I screamed about that. I I, I couldn't wait to get him out of here. They were, they you know? were, I, yeah, they were. Turner Turner and, and Murphy were different players when they were with the Mets. You could see the potential yeah. on both teams, but honestly, sometimes and it's happened throughout baseball. You know, you just need a change of scenery, and guys yeah. become really good players. I mean, they're kind of scrubs. They're in a rut. They're with an organization yeah. that doesn't view them a certain way. Yeah. So. They play a certain way, and they get they get freed up, and they go somewhere else and succeed. So, I'm actually happy for both those guys. I know, you know, Murphy was kind of has those some weird views on homosexuality and stuff, but yeah. I think he was a good teammate. Yeah. And I always thought Justin Turner was a great dude. Um, I just always liked him as a person. So, you know, good for him. You know, you know, people overlook. You know, Murphy screwed himself. As well, I mean, there's nobody that's more unhappy with what happened than him because if he had taken the qualifying offer and then gotten a contract after that season, he'd be he'd be in way better shape right now. Not that he's you know cash poor, but you know by the time this three-year contract's done, he's not going to be worth nearly what he was worth would have been worth after the one year. 
Um, I, I, would, like I believe 30, so. He's 32 or 33 years old or something. I mean, he's yeah, not a young guy exactly. Anymore. Exactly. So he missed out on his big contract because he didn't take the qualifying offer. So, I mean, he, he did choose to go to the Nats. He could have made, what, $15 bucks to have that same year here, and we probably would have gone a lot further in the playoffs and not had well, the wild card game. <laughs> Well, I think I think Jesus missed. I think Jesus missed out on his huge offer, not Murphy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man! (laughs) Oh, you know, yeah. I don't. I'm pretty confident Jesus is not watching baseball because I think, um, considering we had David Wright and all these these (laughs) these born again players, I think um, I think I think we know at least. uh, Well, I'm not going to go there, but. But, uh, well, did you did you see of... tonight that that mm-hmm. David Wright David Wright is DHing down in Port St. Lucie? There you yep. go, Terrific. Maybe he can pal up with um, Harvey. <laughs> so I, is, is he in so C- SNY? Oh, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, SNY was tweeting his at bats, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, God bless him for being on the field, but he he struck out twice and reached on an error. <laughs> Error. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Well, this means we don't need Mustakas in the off season. Wright's ready. Wright's Wright's all set. I think uh, it's time to get excited, right? Totally. I think so. Um, wow. So I don't even know where to really start. You know, obviously. Well, well we, Nick, go, go yeah. here. Sorry to interrupt you, but but uh-huh. no, you please. know they didn't, and the guys were hurt, but. They didn't uh-huh. do anything with the pitching staff. They didn't trade Gazelman. They did, They hung on to the pitching staff. And so mm-hmm. do you guys think that they are actually making a play for next year or are they going to a total rebuild? I mean, you know, it looks to me like they're still hanging around there. If they would have started dumping, if they would have take, put it this way, mm-hmm. if they would have traded DeGrom, it would have been over. That, that would have been it. Um but they're clearing salary. It looks like they're trying to clear salary for something, not just for salary. Well, he pay. said, for what it's worth, I mean, it also could be exactly what he said it actually was. I mean, sometimes I know that he tends to phrase things in a very interesting way, but the way he explained it, you know, kind of does make sense. And, I mean, this is at least my my thought looking at this. I mean, I... I'm kind of visualizing where Sandy is in the organization and thinking that his biggest job is to try to manage the Wilpons, manage Jeff Wilpons. So it could be that by treating it like a business, it's allowing him just literally what he said, more credibility with them when he tells them that he needs to spend a bit more. So it could be, I mean, what he had said was he kind of went over budget and he told them if it doesn't work, we can just get rid of it you know, a certain point through the year. So, you know, if he doesn't fall through with it, then the next time he wants to spend money, they might say no, which sounds nuts when it's, when you're talking about a baseball team, but it sounds perfectly reasonable if they're running it like a business. Um, and so it really could just be that because they didn't get, look, I, I hear you and I really want that to be true too, but they also didn't get, they didn't go for any prospects. Um, they didn't, they could have right. spent some of the salary and brought back, slightly better arms that could have at least been middle relievers or something, but they, they kind of took extreme lottery tickets. And also with the, the pitchers, I mean, the other way to look at it, and again, I'm not trying to be negative because I God, I mean, I hope you're right. I mean, that's what I'm expecting them to kind of reload, but you know, it also doesn't make any sense even looking at Sandy's past, it doesn't make any sense for them to, to give away assets that are undervalued right now 
you know, so if he was going to trade the pitching staff, it wouldn't be now. It would be during the year seeing that they're healthy and then trying to get something out of it. Because he, I mean, they're trying to rebuild. It's whether they're, it's whether they're going to try to rebuild in an off season or go for a longer play and try to reestablish these pitchers' values and then just get rid of them. Um, I, God help me, man. I, I don't know. I thought, I thought when they were talking about hanging on to Bruce that this was clearly just them reloading. They, I mean, they got rid of everybody. And, you know, I've never seen a team in one year grab a whole bunch of free agents and win. I mean, it barely ever happens that way. And, you know, I just think that the, the – I mean, unless they're going to resign some of these people, uh, how do you rebuild the chemistry? There's nobody, there's nobody left. I mean, and honestly, looking around, I don't think – I mean, Rosario looks pretty good, great fielder and everything else, but, like, you know – I mean, the first time I saw Dom Smith, I thought that it was a first base coach. I that didn't like. I don't see. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I don't. See, whatever they were talking about, like I don't see that guy. I see somebody else. Um, uh, clearly, the catchers are bust. You know, we don't have any option for third. You know, we have one outfielder basically. Um, like I, I can't. I mean, can they do it all? In one, so we got more one than one season? outfielder. Come on, come on. They got more than well, one outfielder. They, this team is a better hitting team than the teams two years ago that started the season? Well, right, in now, 2015. right now, are they? Yeah. Right now or, or early yeah. this year? Because like, Cespedes is good with the team is good. The team stinks. I mean, you, it's sort of like, look at his career. Look at him this year. Like, you can, the effort isn't there. I mean, I know he's been hurt a lot, too, but, like, he, you know, he just doesn't, it seems like if the team is good, he's going to thrive. And if not, you know, he's almost a liability because, like, I don't know what I'm watching now, but it's not the same guy from, you know, that's not the same spirited guy. Without a doubt. But they're still, I think they're two two bats away from being back in it. Yeah, I think it's what do you think, Dave? Get, you know, I think, I think Gene's got a good point. <clears throat> you know, I think, you know, and here we go again, right? So if the pitching staff rebounds like it potentially could next year, I mean, you saw the way DeGrom mm-hmm. came back from, the same injury that Matt's had, which is good. You know, Harvey and Syndergaard potentially are coming back around. I mean, the makings of the starting rotation are still awesome, right? Um, so yeah. that gives me hope. And then, you know, you add two bats. I do think Rosario is going to hit really well uh, next year. I think Smith, you know, I've said all along, he's not. I said he is never going to hit 25 home runs in the big leagues. But he could hit 15 to 18 you know, bat two seventy, two eighty, and he is a good defensive first baseman, as, as fat as he is. Have you seen? So you need the defense yet? Like, I mean, <laughs> I know. I mean, I've, I've heard the same thing you have, but have you really seen enough from him to be sure of that? Well, I, I trust what I've read. I mean, you don't. You're not a first round pick and, and rocket through the minor leagues, and you have everybody, including Keith Hernandez, you know, rating him. As a on the scouting scale, it goes I think zero to mm-hmm. seventy as a as a sixty first baseman, which is huge. But he was he was twenty five so, pounds lighter in spring training, so his range it could just be that he's just too fat to reach things. I mean, no, I, yeah. I, mean, I <laughs> not to be funny about it, but you know what I mean. No, but if he if you saw the game last night, he came across the bag in front of the runner, caught on Goldschmidt, mm-hmm. caught the mm-hmm. ball and tagged the runner, and it's a that's a hard play. It's a, it's a play to kill Cliff Floyd, and he he was like. This is the easiest thing in the world. I his defense is there. Yeah, 
He, he's he's yeah, smooth over there. And it, and even the guys that were on rehab were saying throwing him at first base is a pleasure. Think about it. The Mets have had no first basemen for the longest time since, what, Ike Davis? That was any good? Um, and even Ike Davis, he's just a place in the stand. So his defense is there. He's just... <laughs> He, he looks different as a hitter, he, you know. Well, wait, wait a minute though. As far as defense, I mean, his hands are there, but you know, you've, I mean, I, you heard the same thing about Flores, where his hands are fine, but he's got no range. I mean, like, the, I mean, Keith Hernandez was was saying great stuff, and I, and I agree with you, like the footwork and the um, instincts for first. I, mean, I, I see that too, just from from watching him. But you know, when you talk about Hernandez, like that play they keep showing with him. You know the one I'm talking about where he does the somersault when he's, uh, <laughs> when he's trying to field. You know the one where he flips completely over um, down the first baseline. I mean, stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I can't see this guy being athletic enough to, to do it. Um, well, again, you know, I, you I mean, like, I'm not. You know, Hernandez, Hernandez is like one of the arguably top three first basemen in the history of the game. You know, and Don <laughs> Smith we're talking mm-hmm. about, a very competent young first baseman. So, you know, whether he morphs into a gold glover is TBD, but all the makings of it are there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a first baseman, I, I totally agree with you on Flores. Flores is just, mm-hmm. you know, he's an iron glove kind of guy. With, mm-hmm. I do think he's got a decent arm. Um, but mm-hmm. I think if, as a first baseman, you don't have to have all that kind of crazy range. I don't think he's going to be, you know, get going crazy and getting after balls way out in the outfield. Mm-hmm. But I think he's going to do fine. Well, I mean, did you notice something? Um, I, and, again, I'm – I'm being nitpicky, and primarily it's because I really want this team to rebound. And, you know, he yeah. obviously is, is taking up a big spot <laughs> in this infield in a leadership position. So one thing that I see, like I, I read an interview with him where he's talking about, you know, his experience, and nobody and nobody picked up on this and criticized it or whatever else, and it's something that I sort of noticed. Um, you know, I, it, he was talking about his effect on kids back in his own community and being a role model. And... It's a subtle thing, but he wasn't talking about I want to be a role model for kids and I'd like to do this. And he was talking about how it's already happened. Everything that he mentioned was kids look up to me. I'm this, I'm that. Um, not in his own family, but rather his community. Speaking as though he was an all-star that they, kids have been watching forever as opposed to a guy that's been around for a week, you know what I mean? Um, and kids in his community have never seen play, most likely, or seen three games. So, but he's thinking of himself as, as their hero. That's kind of the way he phrased it. And, I mean, of course, it's fine to have confidence in yourself and everything. And, and I wouldn't have had any problem with him saying, I, I know I can play here. I have confidence in my ability. But it was almost as though, you know, reminding me of Harvey a little bit, thinking that he's above the game. He actually even said something along those lines about how, like, his – his being here is more important than just baseball. It's it's this. It's 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 the effect it has on all these different people, um, which is wonderful if it happens. But it's uh, to me, it's unrealistic for it to happen after a week. But he believes it does, and so you know they also talk couple that with the fact that he's you know supposedly lazy, and supposedly one of the issues with him coming up was 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 basically him feeling um, kind of like you know it's. He's deserved to be here, rather, based on just being him, rather than anything more. So, I mean, does that irk you at all? Am I reading too much into it? Um, what do you guys think? I, I, I think you're reading. Uh, I, you know, not to criticize you, buddy, but no, no, please, I think please. He's, <laughs> he, 
I think he's more. <laughs> well, I mean, mentality is a lot Miller. here. Like that's what killed Harvey. You know, go, no, go ahead. I'm sorry. But I, I think he's more. I think he's more Kevin Mitchell than Lassie Millinger. And you know, he does. He's got an awkward hitting style to me. And, but you know what? So to move on. Um, and if you remember Mitchell, Mitchell mm-hmm. didn't look like a baseball player um, to me. And he blo- and, and Mitchell didn't chirp though. Him. Mitchell didn't chirp though. We don't know Mitchell... that. There was no internet then. We don't know that. I yeah, mean, they we, were fearful of though, Mitchell. Right, but the thing we going backward. I mean, the that team's chirpy in general. Like so, everyone we even we spoke to Carter. He was talking about Mitchell. And, I mean, outside of Mitchell decking Daryl Strawberry in the minors, which honestly was probably the best thing for the Mets at that point. You never, even to this day, you hear nothing about, about how great a teammate he was. Meanwhile, like it's funny you mentioned Lasting's Millage. You know, it he didn't. It didn't need to be stories. I mean, the guy ran down the first base line and started high-fiving fans. <laughs> you know? Jeez. I forgot about him. That's I mean, I, right. I, don't think Dom Smith is, well, I don't think Dom Smith is the issue with this team. And, and you know, he might be a little overhyped, and, but I don't think that's the issue with this team. And, and I, like Dave, I appreciate the defense, and I appreciate the ability, mm-hmm. especially from the left side, to come in. On a, on a slow ground ball or a pickoff move and throw to second base, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's going to be nice. That's going to be nice to see. But, you know, the rest of the guys, there's a couple of spots open. There's more than a couple well, spots. Well, well, Dave, before we leave that, that, that thought process with, with Smith, I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying he's the reason the team's no good or something. Uh, but basically, you know, if you think back to, let's say, Preston Wilson, when uh, we traded him for Piazza or, or Millage, you know, it's something where if the, I mean, if the athlete, if you see something where you just don't think he's going to develop into what you want because of X, Y, or Z, I mean, I mean, the guy has, you know, probably he could be at his peak value right now. I mean, it, do you believe in Smith? Do you, it, are these red flags to you? Would you consider dealing him if you're going to get something back that could propel us someplace? Yeah, I mean, so so two thoughts. So one, okay. you know, if you look at, you know, the young core of Rosario, Smith, and Conforto, who are all, mm-hmm. you know, brought through the system, you know, relatively close weeks are, that's exciting, and that's got them making, potentially, mm-hmm. if they, if the other two live up to their hype of, of being mm-hmm. a very right. good core of young players, right? Now, mm-hmm. Smith, to me, is the most likely to not succeed. I don't think there's character issues. Oh, I read the same kind of Q&A with Steve Serby that you're mm-hmm. referencing where, right. you know, his mother kind of anointed him the exalted one because she was a drug addict. Right. And, you know, it's a, it's a hard mm-hmm. story. So I'm like, whatever, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But I think physically, I don't really think he has it on offense. I know you're worried more mm-hmm. about the defense. I, I don't – I think he's got a hitch in his swing. I think he's mm-hmm. very susceptible to the away pitch and the breaking stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think his swing translates to a lot of big league power. I, you know, if, mm-hmm. if he played, if he has 500 bats next year and hits 10 home runs, I won't be surprised. Mm-hmm. So I, I read somewhere, getting back to your thought on trading him, and it was pure mm-hmm. speculation. But someone said, you know, mm-hmm. Joey Votto, who I think is incredible, you know, could mm-hmm. be had for the right package of young players because at his age, you know, there's a mm-hmm. lot of risk there. But I'd move Smith in a heartbeat if, if it brought back a, a real stud like that. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. J- just to clarify, because I don't want it to come off wrong, I, I don't know. I, I'm not saying that he has a, 
I don't necessarily say that he doesn't have the makeup to to be successful um, or anything. The main main issue that I had is the entitlement. Um, and I know you, you broached on that too with what you had said with, about what his mom said to him, but it, but it's also just the way he was phrasing stuff. I mean, again, it's like the subtle little things, but honestly, when you think about it, most of the players that succeeded um, in baseball didn't do that stuff. And the stuff, the stuff that at least that we hear that is entitled from certain players, these, uh, most of those guys, I mean, I'm sure there are examples of other, other guys who weren't quite like that, but most of those guys fail. Because, you know, dealing with adversity, look at Harvey. I mean, he had a little bit of that swagger, and it helped in the very beginning. But, like, the second this guy was hit, when he went out there on that mound, he's never been the same again after blowing that last inning. It's just unbelievable to me. But it's, but it's that entitlement. Once, once they realize that they're not who they think they are, they can't – they don't seem to be able to rebound and become – what they are, <laughs> you know, or get back there because it's such a, it's not really based on anything. It's based on, you know, house of cards. And so that, that's my only concern is that when every baseball player fails, so when he starts to fail here, you know, does he have the foundation to, to rebound and to become at least the best version of himself? And, and what are the odds and whether it's worth trading him because they're slim? <laughs> I don't know. Rosario looks good though. Yeah, Rosario Rosario is a 1A, cannot-miss prospect. He is going to play in multiple All-Star games. Dom mm-hmm. Smith, oh. we mm-hmm. just don't know. I mean, it's there or it's not there. So it just depends how he's valued. I don't think he's probably valued that highly as a trade prospect, honestly. I mean, GMs aren't stupid. Mm-hmm. You just take a look at him. And, you know, even his success in the minor leagues, he only displayed power really at the PCL where everybody's hitting home runs. So, you know, I think he's... Yeah, it seems like Alderson knows. (laughs) He's pretty pretty cagey with that sort of stuff, at least. Yeah, maybe the Expos. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) What what were you saying, James? No, I'm just laughing. I I mean, the one guy that did get knocked, the one guy that did get knocked around that figured out how to turn it around, though, was DeGrom. And again, this has been a great season for me to watch him, and he has been perfect. But he had a point where he looked way off, and he went and made some mm-hmm. adjustments. That, that guy is the best pitcher on this team. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Um, and then again, we I, mean, have I would lock him up for as long as I could. Huh? Hmm? I mean, Hello? I would lock this him is up quali- for as long Quality as I radio could. right here. Hello? Quality <laughs> radio. <laughs> hey, let's turn, let's turn let's turn our attention to my my most hated number one draft pick of the last fifteen years, Aaron Heilman. Mr. Nimmo. No, no, Heilman. <laughs> I think I, I had high hopes when they drafted Nimmo. I'm like, are they smoking crack? This guy has not has played a handful of competitive baseball games. He's a goofball, and he has you know marginal tools. And they thought they were going to develop him into something. Man, that guy, he's a nice kid. Don't get me wrong. He, he is a quality <laughs> human being. Here it comes. He is a shitty baseball player, man. <laughs> he cannot hit. Oh, what a waste of a uh, pick. Well, is he worse than Jason You're Tyner? J- Jason Tyner. Yeah. He, he reminds me of, of Jason Tyner if he hit his head. How's that? <laughs> you know what? No, I, I mean, that, I don't feel uh-huh. – I'm not that down on that guy. I mean – He's a he's a hundred and ten percent guy. He does have some power. He's not 
Uh-huh. You know, I agree with I agree with you. You know, they they really went to boundaries on taking him, but <laughs> I think he's a he, he's a good backup player in the outfield, and he's got the best buck teeth you ever saw. I mean, how do you pass? That <laughs> there we go. <laughs> he could eat corn through a picket fence. This kid, I mean, it's gorgeous. <laughs> but, but my thing, my, and that's, that's a good point. My thing with Nimmo, though, if you look at the players that were drafted after him, like uh, eight of the next ten players have already played in an All Star game. You know, uh, don't do that to yourself, Dave. Why you know what? Let's let's. Wait, wait, hold on, I hold know. on. I have it up. Can we can we review some of the, the players? Because I want to make I want to make Dave feel better about the pick, all right? So yep. let's see. who is who is picked who is picked right after Brandon Nemo? Do you, anybody remember? Uh, Gene, do you remember as a Marlin Jose Fernandez? And like he 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 his fastball is gone now. <laughs> you know, he blew his arm out along <laughs> with everything else. That's a bad joke. Is it too early? Um, yeah. So so. There's a few picks yeah. after that. There's some crappy a pitcher named Sonny Gray was taken. We don't need that. <laughs> that's for sure, you know. Um, and then really, like, this. oh, God, the Braves took, took, took a pitcher called Sean Gilmartin. God, I wonder what he, if he pitches well. Like, I wonder what, he, what he's like. <laughs> oh, my Lord. There. <laughs> uh, I mean, look, it, it, there's Dante Bichette Jr., we missed out on that. Mm. There's, um, I mean, it, it, it's, it didn't look like it was that, that full of draft in general, but that was a, it was a stupid pick, obviously. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you know, that being said, that being said, I mean, I think, I mean, is any of this really the issue? I mean, and, I, and this is my, my concern about the way that this season is breaking down is that, that because of how strange it is and because of the, the narrative that, that we're hearing about um, – the injuries and all these different, you know, the kind of the, the rookies that were brought up too late. So now that now the focus is completely on them rather than blend them blending in with it, which they would have earlier. Um, my my concern a little bit here is that the, you know, you know the team listens to the fan the fans screaming and yelling and and is it easy to kind of figure out what it is we really want? I mean, do we have enough information? Because honestly. I think you can also make a solid case that this had everything to do with Barwis and um, the WBC and just, well, now we've sold off the veterans, but you just bring back the same group without those two interfering, you know, and the team is fine. I mean, what do you, I mean, do you feel as though the team really does need, did need this gutting, like to send these veterans away? Do we need to to bring some of them back to just reestablish the same sort of chemistry? What, what would you guys do in the off season? I mean, are you would you would you try to rebuild this team? Forget about it being a fan. Would would as a business person, would you try to rebuild with what's here, or would you try to uh, kind of punt, 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 and aim to be good in a couple of years? Is it salvageable? I'll go. Well, again, you're not that far off. The Braves won ten divisions or more with a shit lineup mm-hmm. and great pitching. This team is going to be led by their pitching. So they have to put together and, – and you still have Cespedes. It's not like – you don't you have the big bopper. You have Conforto. You have – I have a lot of faith now in, believe it or not, Flores, uh, Rosario. I think the team needs a leadoff, a real leadoff hitter. And mm-hmm. 
and a catcher. And so there aren't a lot of catchers out there that are just screaming to be traded, you know, to contending teams. And but you have you have a few a few holes, but you could put together that outfield of Conforto, Lagares, and Cespedes, and it's not a it's a good outfield. I mean, you Where's we all wanted Lagares in center field. <clears throat> But but Lagares gets hurt all the time. But also, where's where are you putting your leadoff hitter? Well, here's what I would do. <laughs> when I'm trying to pilfer when I'm trying to pilfer Stanton from the Marlins, I'm asking for uh-huh. D Gordon in that deal too. So I'll put D Gordon on second base. He'll be our leadoff hitter. Um, uh-huh. That's the spot we have. Our our, our leadoff hitter is going to come from second base. Huh. What do you think, Dave? It's not going to be Dom Smith. I'll tell you that. That's who's not going to be our leadoff hitter. It's Dominic Smith. <laughs> he could yeah, be I, our leadoff hitter. I would, but it's just. But go ahead. Yeah, I would have. I would have Rosario leading off, big time. Um, put him up there. Let him use his speed. You know, he sprays the ball around pretty well. I mean, he's not a perfect leadoff hitter, but I want to see him get the most at bats possible next year, right? So we can really see what this guy is. Yeah, you know, you know, you know what I would do honestly. I mean, I I I just I think we need two leaders on this team. I don't even think it's just big boppers because you know I I think you you either need to put a leadoff hitter at second base or in center field. And I think that relying on um, (laughs) on our uh, our version of uh, of Blair, let's say, I think is I think I'd love to see him out there, but he's been hurt. Always. I mean, he did the way that he plays. It's very, he plays very aggressively, and he's made of you know paper. And so, you know, it's sort of. I think there's like an ability to dive and do things and not hurt yourself. I mean, you can just see it in regular people. You know, some people slip yeah, on think, the ice and don't the, don't get hurt. You know. But I think the point is the point is mood anyway with Lagares because he can't hit. I mean, again, you know, I don't have the stats in front of me, but you mm-hmm. look at the guy, and and I love Juan Lagares. He, he's a great you know fourth outfielder. That's mm-hmm. really where I want him. I don't want him to be a starter. Um, you know, he's a great defensive replacement. He can pinch run. You know, he can start maybe 20, 25 games a year and, and maybe get 250, 300 at-bats all told. But he, he can't hit. And that's his issue. You know, so I, we, oh. need, we need guys that are complete ball players, right, that can play defense, can run, and, and can hit. And right now the challenge for this year is we had a lot of guys that could hit they couldn't run. Mm-hmm. They can't play D, hardly anybody. You know, and then you got guys out of position like Conforto, who I think Gene said is playing his ass off, but in the wrong part of the lineup, not in the RBI position, in the wrong spot in the outfield. You know, mm-hmm. I just it's just crazy. We just the team just was not put together that well and then we got then we got injured. So next year I want to see youth movement. I don't know. I'm okay to bring in like one dude. But, you know, we have Cespedes, those core three that I talked about, and then figure the rest out. You know, I think you give Darno one more season, um, as painful as that might be. But I, I just I don't want to bring in a bunch of free agents. Well, you know, what, what at least what I'm seeing here is I, I there's the thing that's a couple of things that are different from this year and last year. And, you know, if you if you I mean, I know it's impossible to not focus on the injuries, but if you sort of look beyond that a little bit. So they lost Cologne's influence, obviously, um, and they didn't have David Wright, obviously, for a lot of last year, um, but yeah. um, but he was still around the clubhouse a lot as well. He wasn't, you know, he was, 
incapacitated who was there. And so I think you're missing leadership. So I know that um, Bruce and a few of the others, when they, when they were here, they you know, clearly were influencing the team. But you look at, like, they kept talking about what's his face at second base, um, Walker, um, being a great teammate. But Walker was also disabled for so long. And for whatever reason, when a player is on the DL, um, they're, they're not in the clubhouse. I wish I understood why. I understand if they're rehabbing, but just I don't understand why veteran players that can be used as influences, why they just don't stay with the team. That blows my mind. But regardless, I, I think this team needs leadership. I, what I would do personally is I would, I would spend money um, on a veteran pitcher that is an ace, not a cologne type, but I, I would go after Darvish which I know sounds kind of nuts considering everything else, but a veteran a just went through his Tommy. Well, no, no, no. Well, I'm to, well, through the pitchers, look at what Cologne did, right? So less of a vocal leader and rather a leader of the pitching staff. So Cologne was the leader of that staff, even though he was the fifth starter, let's say. And, and to me, Darvish just came off as Tommy John. Theoretically, next year would be the year that he's at his peak strength again. Some guy that takes the ball every damn five days. Um, I know he's had a few setbacks this year, which is sort of common for the year after Tommy John. And it's somebody that will take the pressure off, take the, the spotlight off Syndergaard because this guy gets international attention. And just let everyone calm down. This way um, DeGrom can be a, a great number two starter. You know, Thor won't have the media completely chasing him and making a big deal out of him every five seconds. He can sort of get his ego back and check again. And they have somebody that they can sort of rely on. Because to me, I, you know, the 69 Mets and all these comparisons to the Braves are wonderful, but I mean, baseball is, I mean, this is not the way baseball was. And Cologne was like a throwback, man. I mean, he's, he's was around during the nineties. He, he was an old player, you know? And I don't know if that same group of young players can survive without a leader. I, I really don't think so. So Darvish, you know, having been brought up in Japanese baseball, it's a kind of, you know, I think it's some, you know, it's my impression is that it's a little bit can more I burst pure, your like bubble. more the way it used to be. Can I burst? Go ahead. Can I burst your bubble? Can I Please burst, your bubble? burst it, dude. I, I, I'm so used I'm to getting give, my bubble burst. You know? <laughs> I'm going to give you you Darvish's innings pitch statistics from 2013 <laughs> to now. Are you ready, sir? Oh, no. Uh, wait, all right. Wait, wait. Let me get my head on the chopping block. Wait, wait, wait. Right. Stand by. No, okay. no. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm ready for this. I'm ready. Do it. Two oh nine. Get it done quickly, my friend. 144, 100, <laughs> and then 155 this year. So that that whole thing about 200 innings a year and takes that ball every fifth day or whatever, <laughs> sir, I beg to differ. Well, wait, wait, wait. wait. I, I never said 200 innings, but uh, uh, okay, all right. Okay, well, you know, you know what's really sad? Here, here's my, my counter, uh, my, my, my chess move. How does this how does his innings pitch this year measure up to the to our staff? <laughs> <laughs> well, he's on the disabled list right now, he's, so it's perfect. <laughs> the just put him on the DL perfect. for ten days. <laughs> they uh, fit right uh, in. Well, look, uh, well, look, <laughs> 2013, he had 200 innings. All right, so you're, you're not you're not wrong there, but you know what? The, he, again, he had Tommy John, so that's why it's difficult to. Um, Maybe he was kind of coping with the, the symptoms beforehand. You never know, like 2016. It, well, you know what? Wait a minute. When did, he had the TJ – hold on. Here, here's something. He had the TJ mid-season. So, the two, so basically 2000 and, uh, 
16 was abbreviated because in 2015 he didn't pitch at all. Um, and then he lost a little bit the year before. So, and this year, I mean, he's at 155. He'll probably end up, you know, I know he's on the DL, but you, know, you can see him getting to one, 160, 170. So maybe, well, I mean, that's, what is that, the number two, <laughs> two pitcher on our staff? <laughs> All right, so so I'm not I'm not betting the farm on you, Darvish, at this point. Well, well, not the farm, but I mean the thing is we got, we got to spend money on somebody, and I and I'm trying to figure I mean, out a way. Like, can I, I, can, I, I, can, I, can I give a vote? Can I do it? Can I get a vote for Florida? You don't get no vote. <laughs> give me a vote. Give me a vote, guys. Yes. Come on. You don't get no vote. Okay. What? Uh, and I'll tell you the person for two reasons. Okay. The same thing, similar as what what Washington has done with Scherzer. I would grab Verlander. Phyllis, Phyllis Diller, what? <laughs> I would Berlander. Berlander. Yep. One, hmm. he crazy. would teach these kids how to be a stud. And two, Kate Upton. <laughs> Simple as that. Dude. <laughs> what? Well, wait a minute, though. Aren't you, uh, would you be afraid that Harvey would have a crush? Because you know, Harvey, Harvey is very sensitive. On Berlander? Well, Verlander and and his wife. I mean, the two of them. I mean, what if he pines for both? I'm I'm, I'm concerned. Like honestly, that's that that Harvey's Harvey is very a very sensitive young man. He he. We he can falls do without quickly. Harvey. I would go. I would go after Verlander. Come on, Dave. Give me hmm. some shit. No, 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 dudes, dudes. We do not Dudes. need to be spending money. We 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 don't have a, a big budget next year. I think there are one or two studs. Well, wait a minute. We have eighty thousand. We have eighty eighty thousand. Eighty million on the payroll. Like, like can't we add in seventy million bucks? What if we got Joey Votto mm-hmm. and Moustakas? Well, they don't pitch. Well, yeah, they we don't need that. Pitching. You know, like we have we do. Tyler Pill is pitching, look, and then we, M- look, Monroe is pitching. Well, like, who are these? Montero is our Dave, what is he? Our eighth Dave, or number why two? Are you down, Dave on Verlander. <laughs> this guy's got strikeouts. Uh, he's got innings pitched. Talk to me. He's got a lot of innings pitched. I well, mean, yeah, a lot of innings like pitched. He's 30, 34 years old. I mean, he's worn yeah, out. Well, um, you know, I think he's probably a 500 pitcher this year, and he's best. But the leadership. Him. The leadership. As Keith Hernandez and Ron Darling have opined a hundred times on SNY, mm-hmm. it's the most overrated thing you've ever heard. Well, wait a in minute, baseball. wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I, I know they've said that, but let me ask you a question. Um, the do you think the eighty-four Mets, um, let's uh, you know, let's eighty-four Mets, do they turn the corner without Hernandez? If you if you replace Hernandez with, I don't know, um, any just cherry pick a first baseman with similar stats. Because keep in mind, Keith, in his best years, Keith was like 310 with, with 12 home runs <laughs> and 50 RBIs. You know, this was not a bopper. No, you know, no he, it's not true. No, 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 no. Keith Hernandez was, was like a 400 OBP guy with 90 to 100 RBIs every year playing the no. best defense at first base. Mm-hmm. Sure he was. No. I, I'm, looking, I'm looking this no. up because I, I, I don't remember no, that no, guy. No, no, no. I mean, and I love You're going to be disappointed, Dave. Players, but no, great I, I, defensive. I no, no, no. He, he drove in 100 yeah. RBIs once. I said 90 to 100. Read his RBIs. Well, all right. Read I'm going to read your RBIs. Okay. 
wait. Go okay. from 77 but, to 86 on his RBIs. Give me 10 years. Well, no, no, no. As a Met. As a, we have to take it as a Met. Okay, just give me a Met. From 1983. Met all right, for 1983, I'll give you... He drove in 90 you, twice as a Met. Well, okay, I'm going to read them through, right? So not, from 1983, I'm going to give you the, the St. Louis slash Mets total. So 1983, he had 63 rubies. 84, he had 94. 85, he had 91. Then he went down to an 86, the big year, 83, 89, 55, then he started getting hurt. So, so, you know, basically, so that the four years that we care about, he averaged 90 RBIs a season. 15 homers, 10 homers, 13 homers, you know, um, and the, let's see, the on-base, on-base percentage. On-base base percentage, is, it's good. It, it's it's over 400, you know, I'm not what's much over. It's right, 409, 384. What's his OPS? Uh, OPS is, let's see, uh, 859, 814, uh, 859, 813, 750. You know, I mean, he's so great. I mean, I love, I love Fernandez. He, he was, yeah, he, so he was like an MVP. An, in the MVP hunt for four straight years. So he wasn't well, driving well, yeah, but it's, Because he, he was, was a hitting Hernandez. But there are other players that are he like was, that. If you take Hernandez out, put somebody in with similar stats, are they going to have the same impact? I mean, Will Clark, if you put yeah. Will Clark on the team. Okay, I'll say, yeah, that we'll same, put, the same we'll years. Don Mattingly, Don Mattingly, Will Clark, his contemporary. Don Mattingly, 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 Mattingly better, better stats. Hitter. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I don't think you can I mean, I, 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 I love Hernandez. He's the out Willie Stargell. That's what I'm taking away from this. <laughs> uh, so, so the actually, point is, if you look at look, I'll tell you, great... look at Will, Will Clark. Will Clark is the same stats practically. He's the same guy. That same that you know. Would you would you trade? You think a, a hitter like Will Clark would have had the same impact to turn the '83 Mets into the '84 Mets? I think Will Clark, as the first base of those Mets teams, would have mm-hmm. been a good replacement, not as good as Hernandez. But he would have been a good replacement. So the thing you're discounting is Hernandez's mm-hmm. offensive prowess. The guy was a well, Clark great is the same thing. That's a, a great run producer. Yeah, so not no, only he was one, but Will, Will Clark is the same. How about Mark Grace? What? Mark Grace is Mark Grace is another similar similar kind of hitter. The same same uh, you know, RBIs. He's been a great substitute. Yeah, but it would have been, been the same thing. You really think it would have, it would it have been the same thing? I mean, I get my my, po- I mean, my point basically asking, is that Hernandez and Carter. I mean, I I'm just speak. thinking. No, I mean, my point is not Nick, is Nick, not Nick, is, is nothing beyond Nick, the leadership Nick, aspect Nick, of it. Nick. Yeah. Nick. Yes. Yes. Like yes, Dave. Questions. You're asking yes. like six questions, and I can't even answer one of them. Ah, so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know me. You second. know me by now, right? Will you the way will the gentleman are. yield? Will the gentleman yield? So you just named five contemporaries, and mm-hmm. my supposition is that mm-hmm. we were very fortunate to have Keith Hernandez in his prime, where he was in the MVP mm-hmm. hunt every year, driving in 90 runs, scoring 90 runs with a near 400 on-base percentage every year, playing gold glove first base. Mm-hmm. A couple other guys probably could have done close to as well. Ahmad Rosario might just get it inside the park home run here. Mm. He's going for third! Safe, triple. You guys are missing a good game. Um, yeah, so, so are you. But <laughs> I'm watching it. I'm watching oh, it, listening okay, to Nick. <laughs> so, oh, oh. <laughs> so, but you know, but but what the original thing you said, which is what got me fired up. Oh, Hernandez, he didn't hit. He drove in 50 runs a year. Bullshit. 
Dude, he was he was producing by himself between runs scored and RBIs, 180 to, to runs a year, while playing Gold Glove first base. So that's that's the real argument, the, the argument against yourself. So are we lucky to have mm. real Keith Hernandez against the fake 50 RBI Keith Hernandez that started this thing? <laughs> no, but well, but Hernandez he was not in the MVP hunts as much as you think. And the other thing about Mr. Hernandez is he did coke. And he ratted on Willie Stargell. So that's yeah, that, that's what we're taking away from. Yeah. You know, you need to have runners on base to get RBIs. And that team had, you know, you're talking about the team had speed at the top of the lineup all the time. So that's another another aspect of it. You know, it's what, what players do with what's in front of them. I mean, again, I, I love Hernandez. I, I wasn't, I mean, I think he was a terrific hitter. I, I, I mean, I, that's the reason why I, I love baseball is because of those teams. Hold yeah. on a second. Hold on a second. Sure. Can I go back? Mm-hmm. So, Gene, you just said he wasn't in the MVP hunt those years. Well, he was second in MVP voting in 84. He was eighth yep. in MVP voting in 85 and mm-hmm. fourth in 86. Eight. And yep. he was an all-star and a gold glover in those, all those years and a silver No, slugger, no, gold so. glove every year. Gold glove, not even mm-hmm. a – he was a 21 before that with St. Louis in the Mets. He was 17. But you know what? Give me Pete Rose during those years. Sorry, I'm sorry, but the defense was there. I think Gary Carter put us over the hump. I don't think it was Keith Hernandez. Well, I mean, I it, think Gary didn't Carter put us over two lifts. Oh, well, I think that huh? made us great. But, I mean, there were like two lifts. I mean, we were terrible. Had one guy, he made us respectable. The next guy took us to a championship. And I guess that's my that's my basic point here is that I think that the yes, they were great, but it's also the leadership. So that's why I was thinking. Maybe Darvish was a bad idea. I mean, maybe that's – although I do think with the way that people trend after Tommy John, that he might be on the verge of those kind of seasons. But I think it's important to get veterans that are great, like at least one or two, you know, in whatever position we need them because that's, that's sort of what happened in the 80s. We just didn't get old players. I mean, we tried – look, George Foster didn't elevate the team because he was done. <laughs> so along the lines of what Dave said, I mean, it's, it, it is important that they were great. And they were still great, but they were also all stars that had commanded respect when they walked through the door. And I and I think and, that this team is it. missing it. But we had it this year. We had it this year. We had Who? Curtis Granderson. Granderson. We had Curtis okay. Granderson. We had Jay Bruce. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. We had uh, uh, Neil Walker on the team. We had David well, Wright in the Walker clubhouse. Was, was, it, well, so I think the well, little leadership. Well, Wright can so play though, but they weren't. I think you need healthy. Healthy, good baseball players is what wins. And if, and every every championship team, every team has leaders, whether they're good or bad. And when, and when the championship teams, you hear all the stories, you hear about the leaders. Every shitty bad team has leaders on it, too. So I think it's just the most overrated thing in baseball. I think healthy, good players is what, what, what wins well, ball we games. Well, let me ask you this, though. We didn't have any leaders outside of Bruce. Um, we didn't have anybody on the team that was great playing great. I mean, they all were sort of crappy. I mean, you know, if you're talking Wright was literally injured all year. Walker had a terrible year and wasn't around for a while. And Granderson, Granderson's a, from all accounts, is an incredible guy. Um, but I mean, I've read a ton from these reporters talking about how, you know, he did everything right, like a Jeter, um, which you could say was a great leader. But, he, you know, the, 
I mean, look, I, I think it's terrible that they let him go. I mean, I think that it's great for him, and I, I think it's wonderful, but I also hope that they would resign him um, to some position. Okay, He's also not a star anymore. And I think we were good when he so, was great. So, <laughs> when, <laughs> when he was terrific, the team was much better. So maybe that's, maybe that's another thing to look at. When we had great performing veterans, <laughs> the team was good. And, and, and Nick and, and Dave, I agree. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the leadership thing is not the end all. Rosario mm-hmm. double taps his glove. D. Gordon safe at first. Who grabs him and says something to him? The Grom did. It shouldn't be the manager. It should be a player. The Grom did. The Grom mm-hmm. did. A pitcher. He puts his yeah. hands up. And then he puts. And then who has to apologize after? Like, <laughs> you know, yeah, how, somebody, how somebody that? like that should be a Reyes thing, but somebody should grab him and say, like, look, this is by example, this we don't do this. And that's the did leadership that, part. It's happen? not a big deal. But did it happen? Huh? Did it happen? You know it happened or didn't happen. It, it did it happen? Well, he, so my, it's my question. No, you know what though it's funny. Well, you know, you don't know if it happened behind the scenes, but I'll tell you one thing. Remember, um, this is interesting to think about. It happened with Reyes, but do you remember who did yeah. it? <laughs> or how? <laughs> Jerry Manuel. Remember when Manuel had a thing with Reyes right in the yeah. field? You know. Yeah. Took him may- off the field. Maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe you can come for the manager. Maybe they, we need somebody new, and I don't, for the life of me, I Guys, I mean, do you think we have enough information <laughs> to to really do anything but but speculate? I mean, because to to me, to me, this just smells like like a lot of mixed messages, owner interference, and us not really having an idea of what the plan is. Because it's hard to kind of speculate and dream about getting player X or player Y when you don't know if this team is going for it or tearing it down. I mean, well, you have a lame you have a lame duck manager. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Terry's not coming back, so I think they're going to clean house on the, the coaching staff. I think they're going to clean house on the medical staff. I think they're going to take the young core of players that they have, um, and Sandy's mm-hmm. going to assess where some you know pieces can can be brought in from the free agent market without going nuts and bringing five or six guys. And I think you'll see a couple, and that's what's going to happen. So, you know, position aside, I think the leadership should mm-hmm. come from the manager. And, I, and we've all disliked Terry, you know, since he's been here. Mm-hmm. He had, you know, the two good seasons with his teams. But uh, I don't know how much of a factor he was or it was just that the guys played well at the right time. Let me – well, before um, – Gene, I just want to counter something. Oh, Dave, I – I mean, I I hope you're right, um, and honestly, that to me, that's the logical move. I think most people would would agree with it. But what what brings you confidence that um, Worthen and Barwin are going to be gone? Those two, because I mean, War, uh, Worthen survived the last managerial change for whatever reason, and and he's gone. You know, Barwin is not really part of the coaching. Like they can get rid of all the trainers, and and this guy is not really officially part of the the team, but he's the guy responsible for all this. So. I would. I mean, what, what what about what you see with the team makes you think that there are definitely those two are definitely going to be out of here? Well, I think when they change the regime, they're not. They, they foisted Warthen on Terry because Terry mm-hmm. was essentially, you know, a, in a very weak position and was mm-hmm. the candidate that no one expected to get the job. And 
he was so mm-hmm. thankful after he'd been essentially banished from managerial position for a decade that he just did whatever. <laughs> and I think Ward mm-hmm. is, is a competent pitching coach. I actually like him in some ways. But I think in this mm-hmm. case, if they're going to go after something, they should go after a marquee manager, someone that could come in and really, you know, make this team, you know, his own. And it's going to have to be, they're going to have to have carte blanche to pick their, their coaching staff. I can't see a scenario where they let War, they let Terry go and Warden stay at this point. It's just it's going to change. I mean, look at all the injuries. The pitching coach has as much to do with injuries or as as much culpability as the training staff does. So Warden's the one that sets the routine and when they throw their size and all that shit. So it's not like we haven't had injuries the past couple of years with our pitching staff because we have. So he, he's, he's just got to go. Well, well, who's responsible for what happened to Mats this year? How, co- how come? How come Matt's just? How, how come they just sent him for a test to see to talk, to have the ligam, the um, nerves rather um, tested now in August when his when his elbow was swelling up like a grapefruit? I mean, is that Warthern? Is that I mean, who's who's making that decision? I think it's a combination of faults, and I'll let Gene jump in of the player, mm-hmm. the coaching staff, and the training staff, and what really it boils down to is that there is obviously communication issues between players, coaches, and trainers. Because you saw it happen with Syndergaard where he's waving stuff off. You saw it happen with Harvey where he's pitching with an atrophied shoulder. You see it with Mats. You see it with the overuse of the bullpen by Terry. There are just breakdowns in communication and process here, which, you know, again, makes me think that we just got to get rid of the whole thing and start over. But I'm curious to what Gene thinks. Um, You know, I was down on Warthorn too until the, the players talked about how important he was and how they helped he, he helped them and they rallied around him last year and this year. Um, he doesn't seem like he does anything. So, you know, it, it's tough. Matt's Matt showed me very little this year. Um, his attitude he reminds me a lot of Jonathan Nice, and uh, mm-hmm. it might be a lefty mm-hmm. thing where he just throws up his hands, and he doesn't have that fighter of the DeGrom, but the fact that he pitches with the same injury, you can't blame him because the other side of the coin is guys aren't tough enough, right? You know, everybody's, you know, calling that they want an MRI. And he's trying to labor through it. Um, but as our real lefty on the staff, it would have been nice for him to to have a DeGrom-type year. Um but, but, but Gene, he, he wasn't camouflaging an injury, like, though. You know, huh? he was transpa- he was transparent. I mean, he his elbow swelled up like a grapefruit, and he wasn't making his spot starts. I mean, so he wasn't hiding anything. Like, how do you, how did that happen? I mean, what, who who has the um, accountability for that? Because you can't say it's the player, because the team can just order the player into you know to get a test. It's not. I mean, who. If it is the player that just can demand something, and then they just, you know, Sandy, Sandy, a Marine, right, is somehow passive. Like, who, who's accountable? Like, is it the coach? Is it somebody higher up? I mean, what do you think? I mean, if they knew something was wrong with them, they weren't. Them, they wouldn't let them pitch. Like, seriously, wrong with them. They, but I mean. It, I mean, that's I, like a fact, dude. So, his his elbow swelled up like a grapefruit, and they didn't let him do side sessions because the MRI came back clean. That's not. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, the, the the whole point is, 
Like, if you take Terry out and you take Warden out, mm-hmm. who's out there to go get? And and please don't say Backman, right? So we see guys <laughs> leading teams. Like Dave Roberts, I never thought Dave Roberts was anything of a manager. Outmanaged a lot. And look what he's doing. How about David Wright? Because of the players. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It is it is the players. Um, what about David Wright? As manager? To manage? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have to go down and manage like Brooklyn or something, just like um, <laughs> uh, what he did. No, seriously. <laughs> Gardo Alfonso, you know, I think I think you need like he's going to – but that could be, you know, literally I think he would be, you know, short season, goes and manages down in Brooklyn or wherever the hell the team is and see if he likes it and move on from there. Hmm. Yeah. Could be a player, player manager. Um, I mean, maybe – See, would the you player party won't make it. Dave, you said marquee manager. I mean, who, who, who do you consider to be marquee at this point? You know, I haven't, I haven't really thought about it enough to give you kind of a fulsome answer. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, there's guys out there, right? Obviously, either maybe they're untested or maybe you can mm-hmm. – you know, I'd love to pry away a guy like Bochi, but you know that's probably not going to happen. But it, it does. You know, Joe um, Joe Madden. I mean, he was a marquee manager that that switched teams. So you just never know. But I think um, there's going to be a lot of interest in the Mets jobs because Mets job because it's in New York. You've got potential for an incredible pitching staff, and I think you know it's going to be a, uh, a job where someone's going to be given a pretty good crop of players to work with and then a chance you know in two to three years to build out something great which is all you can ever want you know as a manager coming in somewhere I think the the difference that we've seen is Sandy really runs this team and the Wilpons Mm -hmm. and and Terry you know good good nice man you know players like him but he's really not uh, a field general he's not a tactician and he doesn't really have a lot of say in what goes on. You watch these interviews with him, and they ask him questions, and he's always like, I don't know. I'm he's neutered. Dude. You know, it's like, dude, you're the fucking manager, man. You know? <laughs> uh, yeah. I think someone's going to have to come in and take charge and, and, and let Sandy I mean, be, be Sandy and be a manager. Go ahead. I mean, can anybody take charge, though? I mean, like, is that possible with the structure of the team? Well, I hope so. I mean, you know, I, I don't know exactly what the inner workings and the dynamics are, are there, but I would hope that Sandy and the Wilpons would kind of look themselves in the mirror and say, you know, we got kind of lucky a couple of years back, and then the house of cards fell apart pretty quickly, so mm-hmm. let's move positively where things have been going good, which is in development of these young players, although we don't have enough, but let's realistically look at what mm-hmm. we did there. And the coaching staff, and maybe that hasn't worked so well. Maybe the trainers and the pitching coach and Terry's overuse the bullpen really did hurt us, you know. Um, so we'll see. I mean, Jane, Jane, uh, let me ask you a question along the same lines of what Dave was just talking about. Do you have any confidence that the guy that, that hired Dick Scott, <laughs> uh, coupled with the guy who – Pedro Martinez said, you know, broke him. <laughs> Those two people can get together and realize the errors of their past ways and, and, and put together a New York style, um, uh, I guess, manager and coaching staff that can, that can 
lead a team and be strong? I mean, do you have a lot of confidence that that's possible or any confidence? I mean, I want to. I mean, I think <laughs> this team needs a, a pitching coach manager. It needs a, 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 a former pitcher to be a manager because it's led by its pitching staff, and there's no doubt about it. And so I would have a bench coach be more of um, a, a field general type that would look at the, the players, but I would have somebody, like back in the day, Roger Craig, that would look at these guys and say, here's what you, know, here's what you need to be doing, here's, here's how you, you know, play it out. Um, because it's, there's no, you know, you don't have a, a Leo Mazzoni and a, and a Bobby Cox sitting there to take over a team. I mean, you and again, if you look at the, <laughs> what? You could. They were great. I mean, they, 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 I think Mazzoni is still we looking for a job. And, you, know. <laughs> I, you know, I would try to, I would try to, you know, grab a Roger McDowell. Like I never thought he would be that good as a pitching coach, but he was, um, I would go after John Smoltz. I would say to those types of guys, um, you know, do you want to do you want to coach for real, and 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 really, you know, kind of recreate a mold that would because this team is this team is built around pitching, and there's no these aren't overhyped guys. It isn't like we said Syndergaard and Harvey and Degrom and even Matt to a lesser extent, and and Gazelman's shown a lot this year too. Um, He's hurt and. What? And Wheeler? I mean, you know, he's and, got potential. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, hell yeah, Wheeler too. I mean, and it's it's this these aren't this isn't the you know generation K overhyped guys that had a half a good season. These are legit guys um, that got hurt. But you put them again in that rotation, you have a chance. And teams have won with much less offense than we put out on that field. Um, you know, the, the Nationals will be another year older next year. And, you know, once once they lose Bryce Harper to free agency, it's going to be beautiful. Well, they're, they're also going to be more loaded next year because they, they've had a lot of injuries this year. You know, it's one thing that sort of gets uh, gets lost, <laughs> that uh, they, they've somehow maintained themselves. They've kept their pitching, obviously, but, um, I mean, they lost Eaton the first week. You know they and I mean Harper's having a good year, but he's not having a All Star year. I mean it's to me there's very, there's very little excuse for what what we're looking at. I mean we lost a lot of players, but you know what we we had an ace this year just like we had last year. Last year we really didn't have Degrom, but we had Thor. So I I mean we had a decent closer. I I don't understand why we we're going to lose 90 games this year. I don't get it. Um, and that I think there's a fundamental problem there, and I, I hope this thing gets solved because realistically, I think that it's very easy to make this team into a winner again. But it's whether or not um, the people that are responsible for making it into, it into a loser um, are willing to to budge. Um, you know, I, I mean, if you guys want to bring up anything else, you're you're welcome to. But to, I, I mean, I have one last question for both of you, which is, am I am I right or wrong in in placing the blame so heavily on you know? on a couple of people and maybe not holding the players fully accountable. But also the reason being is because, you know, it's sort of the culture, the influence. I mean, am I putting too much on that? Um, or is it just, you know, is it just injuries and um, 
fate. Well, what do you what do you guys think? Either, either one of you. Dave, you go, buddy. I mean, it's a it's a tough question. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know. Gene, go ahead. You think about it for well, a second. <laughs> yeah, I, sure. I put Syndergaard's I put Syndergaard's injury right on him. That was him, a hundred percent. He was breathing his own fumes. He got himself caught up with being Mr. New York. We saw it with Harvey, and maybe that was the lack of a you know having a cologne there to say you know easy does it. Maybe it wouldn't have helped. Um, Familia was just you know karma for him. I mean it was bad, but you know he's going to come back strong. Um, you can't blame maybe Harvey per se and what's going on with Wheeler and those guys, but um, something is 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 not right with these with these guys that get hurt and they're out for an extended period of time. Like we're watching guys go down hard. Bumgarner, I thought mm-hmm. Madison Bumgarner would be done for the entire year, breaking his shoulder, you know, dislocating mm-hmm. his shoulder, whatever he did. He came back like. What happens with these guys that their injuries are so severe? A lat muscle, I get it, but he's out a long time. And that was a turning point in the season, whether you like it or not, losing him. Mm-hmm. Emotionally, physically, you lose that guy, but a lat muscle, he's out this long? Yeah, it's true. It didn't seem like it was going to be a season ender, you know, and, mm-hmm. and maybe he'll come back for a couple of starts. But, but I why? Think, you know, why come back? Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, personally, I, I kind of would like him to come back if, if they're sure he's physically okay, um, just for a couple of five-inning starts. Uh, but, right, it was all on him. I remember when the reports started coming out about Syndergaard, I think it was, like, late January, early February, like, oh, my God, have you seen Syndergaard? I mean, and I was, like, dying to see a picture of him because they kept saying, you know, he put on this, you know, 17 pounds of muscle, and the Mets knew nothing about it. So that was all on him. And now, you know, he's talking about doing, like, the Ron Darling thing where he's doing baseball-related exercise to loosen his hips up. And I don't know if you guys read it about a week ago. He said, this is the best I've ever felt, and I'm never going to have this again. I need loose (laughs) hips. I mean, it's the typical kind of stuff. So, you know, kind of circling back to my earlier point, you know, that kind of thing, you know, it leads me to believe, you know, you can blame the trainers, you can blame the players, you can blame the upper management, you can blame whomever, but there is an obvious communication challenge with this Mets team. And injuries take too long to get diagnosed and they take too long to come back, and it just seems weird. So part of what I was thinking, uh, to a point you made earlier, Gene, oh, the players like Worth and the players like Worth, and maybe it's because he lets them get away with bullshit. You know, like, you got to watch your employees or your kids sometimes, you know, they like you like the cool teacher when you want to watch videos and instead of learning anything. I mean, you're a professor. You know, if you wielded old, uh, you know, the movies like we used to see when we were kids out for your class, they said, we're going to watch movies all day today. They, they would love you forever, right? So maybe that's part of it, too. That You know, these guys are just, anyways, everyone's getting away with whatever they want to. Well, you know, the, there is a commonality between this team and the team is before Sandy. Um and it's this. <laughs> it's exactly this. It's 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 players um, basically getting pushed to get hurt, you know, through the year, and then taking a long time to come back. I mean, this is not a a now problem. This is a this has been a problem since Generation K. It's like players getting pushed too hard. And and again, I I 
I understand I don't quite know the inner workings of the um, of how the let's say the 25 man roster full of millionaires would function, but I I think you I have a trouble blaming players who are sort of built on you know thinking that they're indestructible. That's their their thing because that's <laughs> they obviously. Um, uh, propel themselves to this level because they're confident and they are the way they are. But um, the team pays their salary. Like, what's going on here? So Syndergaard comes in. The Mets didn't know about it. He's all bulked up. You know, can they DL him <laughs> and make sure that he trains himself differently over time so this way maybe start him three, four weeks late and undo what he's done and force him to do it? Um Harvey, Harvey, you know, wasn't right. You know, if they sent him down because he has options, they could delay his free agency a year. Um, why not do it? Or why not threaten him uh, to, you know, because what, they're going to be afraid he's going to leave? Well, <laughs> I think he's going anyway. You know, why are the players allowed to make these choices? These guys going to the WBC, why not say no? What is going on here? And, and again, I can't, I, I've heard when I heard this, it stuck in my head because obviously I believe it personally. But you know, Pedro Martinez came out and just bluntly pointed a finger at Jeff Wilpon and said, "That's the guy. That's the problem," because he blames his career. Exactly? Something like that. He forced him to play. He was like the pressure to play when he was hurt. He blamed him for ruining yeah. his career. And Santana, I mean, same sort of a thing. I mean, the, everyone points to the no hitter, but he. You know, he was allowed to run wild. You know, there's a lot of people that say that there was a, a pitch he threw <laughs> when he was throwing a temper tantrum and during spring training that actually hurt hurt him. But, again, it's it's pushing players to come back too quick. You know, whatever culture existed that allowed Mats to just to, to, to sit there, ice his arm, get painkiller injections, and go out and pitch every – like, what? So, or maybe Mats was insistent he didn't want this reputation. He wanted to go out there. Who cares? Why is this being allowed? And that's that's my question. And wondering, will it ever stop? You know, Mike Mike Barwis, like you know, he's also responsible for, as far as I know, and maybe I'm wrong with this one, but I think he's also set up uh, a lot of Syndergaard's plan. You know, because just like he was in charge of Cespedes, he's he was brought in by Jeff Wilpon and forced onto Alderson, who never heard anything about him beforehand. So, you know, I don't know. This is. I'm sorry. I mean, maybe I'm just a little frustrated because I kind of miss baseball this year but to me I can deal with you know baseball injuries they happen and underperformance yeah. and stuff like that but to see to see just bluntly stupid moves happening and repercussions it, it's just really difficult for me to watch because I kind of feel like I feel like the year was stolen I don't feel like it I don't feel like it was luck this year I think it was st- literally stolen by stupid moves well can I can I point to a stupid move that and, and this will go right into Nick Tan about Terry Collins and this goes back to the first two months of the season when we played all those games against the National League East and Terry was laissez-faire about it's the beginning of the season. Those games were super important. We had our guys mm-hmm. healthy. We didn't go after the juggler. We did some funny things with the bullpen. And he was holding back on guys. Those were very important games against the East. And we blew the entire month and a half of that season. Yep. And mm-hmm. those are games against your division, dude. I mean, it's as simple as that. And so, as an outsider, when you see that, how do you not say, like the schedule, you see the schedule a year in advance. 
Why are you not mm-hmm. saying out of the gate? And I give Dusty Baker credit, that stupid son of a bitch. He went for the jugular right out of the gate with all those games against the East. And they've never looked back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old, older manager. That's an interesting thought. Yeah. You know, I know we have one, but we yeah. don't. But, you know, Baker has been a winner. Um, <laughs> I guess just to ask anyone but Mark Pryor and Kerry Wood. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Would, would you guys, I mean, what what is the answer? Let, let's. And I, and I know like things still need to play out here a bit, but what what would you do? E- each one of you, just g- give me a little early um, prescri- write it on the prescription pad. Like what what would what would take care of most of this and put us in a good position next year? All right, I'll go first on this one. I would clean house on the coaching staff, clean house on the training staff. Not have this outside influence mystery steroid guy you're talking about, Nick. <laughs> that I'm not all that familiar with. Bring in a manager and give him reign to hire the coaching staff that, that he wants. And then I would bring in, at the most, two uh, marquee free agents. You know, open the pocketbooks up, but really, you know, find the, the best fit. I mean, obviously, you know, it's going to be hard because, you know, we have a little bit of an excess in the outfield, and that's usually where you'll find some of your free agents. But uh, that's really about it. And I would just kind of like let the pitching staff heal up, get healthy, and, and see where they're at. I think there's enough depth now in the pitching staff. You might need to add a reliever or two, or bring, bring out a street back. Um, but otherwise, mm-hmm. I think the pitching staff could be pretty well set. But that's what I would do. I'd really focus on, on the coaching and training staff. What do you think, James? Well, I have two moves, and one of them is not conceivable because of the payroll, but I would try to go after Mike Stanton because I know Jeter does not want that contract. And so if he's coming in as part of an owner group, there's nothing you can do with a team with that. But we don't have that money, right? So the other thing that I would do instead, player-wise, not manager-wise, is, and I've said this for two seasons, man, and this is when Harvey was hot, but I would knock on the Angels' door and try to bring Trout back to to the New York area, even if it costs him Syndergaard and Conforto. Just a package like that and just push and push and push and make that happen to have Trout and Cespedes in the same lineup. Why, why do you think that the Angels would ever con- conceive of giving parting ways with Mike Trout? I'm just curious. I've heard you mention that, but I've not seen any indication why where they've even mentioned you know, not keeping him like an angel for life. It, who who stays for the same team for life? So for me, well, it, it would be his prime. What? But let's say yeah, through no, his prime. prime. Well, yeah. And it's not it, it's not a, a player that's are shopping, right? But you give them Syndergaard who throws 100 miles an hour, and you give them Conforto who's going to put up 30 home runs this year, and they're looking at a number one starter. And an outfielder that could play center field, and do we want to do give that? Them... Are we give, are we giving up too much? Not 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 that he's no. not worth that, but rather are we able to win? Or are we are we just trading positions with them? Uh, I, I, I got think we're able to win. I, I got I got one for you. Um, I, there there's a way. I think there is a way, but I don't know. I don't think we'd ever do it. Um, because why why would they be getting rid of him? Um, to get obviously to be able to kind of spread payroll around a little bit more and everything else. So. Uh, if I was the Angels, and I said, "Well, all right, let's let's talk." Um, poor Hulse. 
got to take them both. Would you do it? Yeah. Yeah. Then, then I think then with, I think that they listen. Of course. That's of course. an ugly and, and again, I mean, he's going to be a yeah. Who do they have? Who do they have? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Yeah. So Mike Trout, you guys, he's got a $145 million contract, right? Mm -hmm. Where he's making, like, next year $33 million a year. So you're going to give up Conforto and Syndergaard to get Mike Trout? No, not me. And his $33 million a year contract? No, no, no. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do it. But I would, I would, I would, ta- I would take Albert Pujols from them, and then you're giving them much, much, much less back. In other words, I want to keep Thor and I want to keep Conforto, and I want Trout. No. And I, nope. I, and I will buy off Pujols. No. No. Who do you, can he still play who first? Do, maybe who maybe then they'll free dump Smith. Uh, I'm sorry. Hmm? Who do the Angels have leading that rotation? They're going to get a number one starter. Okay. Um, this is this is the best player in baseball to me, Mike Trout. I, right, say uh, that again. I, I would, I would, this I, is I the best player in baseball. Right, but he's also he's making thirty three million dollars a year, and you're giving up a guy that's not that much worse than Conforto and one of the best pitchers in baseball in Syndergaard. I, I just I kind of don't get this one. What is what well, has Syndergaard he, done? No, well, Dave, I'm not being an asshole about it. I mean, I'm, I'm I know you're not. No, I'm, I'm not saying it, you're not. I mean, you look at Syndergaard last year. You look at the way he pitched um, in the one-game yeah. playoff. You look at what he did down the stretch, and you look at how he dominated, you know, really for almost the whole season. I mean, that was the portent of things to come. I mean, then this year he came in stupidly bulked up, still pitched pretty well early early in the season. But you knew, you know, the other shoe was about to fall. So it's there. I mean, Syndergaard can can win 20 games next year. There's no question in my mind. So to give up that in Conforto for a guy who's definitely better than Conforto, but not that much better for, and he makes 33 million. I don't get it. He's 26 well, years old, we... and and you put him in the big light. He's going to take off. I mean, he's, already, he's, he's, taken off. he's taken off pretty well. He's um, baseball. No, but I'm saying you put him in the main stage. California Angels. I don't. I don't. You know, in 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 California, he's he's a he's a thirty thirty guy. He's he's a difference maker. Wow, he's Howard Johnson. <laughs> it's amazing how baseball has changed. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, he's not Howard Johnson. <laughs> I know what you mean. I'm I'm kind of kidding with you, but it's but still thirty thirty was a was a thing growing up. I mean, we had we had few players that did it. It's, a, it's amazing that the combination of speed power, like to, it's amazing that a baseball player that is playing like a baseball player is such a, sticks out like a sore thumb. But I mean, let me ask you though, if you're, if you take Pujols and you're, you're going to buy Trout for $114 million, that's not bad. That's what's left on his contract. Then you don't have to give okay, up so what Syndergaard. If, you know, so what if, what if you give up Syndergaard, Dom Smith, you take Pujols and Trout, I would give up Conforto. I mean, I give Yeah, what about lesser players? I would do that. What about what about Smith and somebody else? And plus, you're plus 114 million dollars. Syndergaard is the guy that's going to wow. 
because but do you have be to weld I mean, crap out of, you can't give them you have to weld you, them you, yeah but you're you're, you're you do. forget about it, but you're giving the them 114 you're you're taking their 114 million dollar nightmare away from them that's got to be worth something significant that's got to be worth the same as um as Syndergaard to me because Syndergaard could get hurt. It's a pitcher. You know, so, like, isn't that – isn't taking Pujols as valuable as Syndergaard is, a, is as a player? I mean, it's maybe hard to quantify, but that's value right there. Maybe that – take Pujols and give them Smith and somebody else that's not, that's not a prime – give them Nemo. <laughs> Sell them on Nemo. <laughs> yeah, but what do you – but honestly, what are you trading up for the, for the Angels fans? So what are you saying, like, they can live without Pujols – but now you've taken away um, Mike Trout for Dom Smith. Come on, I mean. No, no. What they, they they free all that salary. They can bring in. They can just go crazy in the free agent market. They can spread out the money a little bit more and have a competitive team. I mean, it's you basically just taking you're you're, you're taking all of that commitment to Trout away. You're taking all the commitment to Pujols, so you're going to basically deal with whatever the hell Pujols is going to end up doing to your roster in a few years. Hopefully he gets hurt and insurance pays for it. Nah, he's going to retire but, after next year, Pujols. He's going to retire after well, maybe, next maybe, year. He's got nothing left. Yeah, but the, but the yeah, aim but I mean, here it's is a lot of money them to reduce salary. They have no problem with salary. They're not the New York Mets. The New York Mets would do that deal. You have to give them something that they. and if you look at their pitching staff, they don't have a number one. Well, they could have one. I mean, maybe they do have an issue with salary because why haven't they purchased a pitcher? You know, why, why does Washington have Scherzer? I mean, like, why doesn't why isn't he in California? Like, why why have they not bought themselves? Why they why they trade Darvish? Oh, I guess he's going to be a free agent, right? But but outside of that, I mean, they they could have put some 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 arms on that staff. They didn't do it for whatever reason. They're not building the rest of the team. Everything is in two guys. So you'd be relieving them of that, but I think then you have to you have to keep our young players because like, we'd be in the same position. But uh, I mean, that's you know, Pujols is owed 114 million bucks going forward after this year. That's a lot of money. I don't think he's awful. retiring off that. He is terrible. Yeah, he's terrible. Oh, dude, he's terrible. He's, I, I, I that's what happens when you stop trapped. steroids. Right. <laughs> 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 oh, Lordy. All right, gentlemen. Is there anything else on your mind right now? We we should. I have some ideas for maybe a final show of the year or um, a couple things. But is there anything thing. right now that? Yes. Yes. I want you guys. Yes. I want you guys to both study Keith Hernandez statistics so that you never again accuse him of being a fifty RBI guy. <laughs> that, that hurt me. Yeah, that well, literally hurt me. You know what? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I think the fact that he had the people in front of him for, through those years, I think that's a that's a big deal. I mean, you have to have a chance to knock people in. You know what I mean? Because it's it's he felt out there. He felt you like don't. you either do it or you don't. <laughs> he was an RBI. Guy. But, he was a number three hitter. Yeah, he's a cl- he was a clutch guy. I mean, look, I uh, look. It's it's coming off wrong because it's coming off as though I, I'm saying he wasn't that wasn't that great. I mean, I I was there every single at bat, man. I, I he was if he wasn't my favorite player, he was he was up there in the top three or four. So I I, I know what he was worth. I mean, and that was the the spirit of the argument anyway. It wasn't that it wasn't that he wasn't a great hitter and but still look what he did. It it was the fact that I just don't think that team would have done anything. 
and it, as it is, they didn't do enough. But I think they would have been nowhere without those two. And the second that the skill level of those two dropped, you know, so you, but you still had leaders in there, quote unquote. But just when the when you didn't have all star leaders. Uh, it, the team, even with more talent, I mean, the 88 team had more talent. <laughs> you can make an argument for it. You can make an argument. Yeah. 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 Uh, apology accepted. Dave. Anyway, how you doing? <laughs> All right. Anyway. I'm well, sorry. you know, I, I love Keith Hernandez as a player. As an announcer, he's an asshole. And I'm glad he's not <laughs> on the 100 best players. He is. He's a pompous asshole. He says boys and girls. He says fannies. I don't like it. He brings the booth down. I'd rather listen to Gary and Ron all day long. Hernandez is an asshole, but he was a clutch hitter. We talked you're about not a fan of Keith, Keith Hernandez in the shower, huh? You're not a fan of Keith Hernandez? No, no, he's an <laughs> asshole. Look at the cat. <laughs> yeah. You, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. Have you seen the thing on the net? Yeah. The, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I hear I hear that Keith Hernandez and uh, and Carlos uh, Bertrand have a have a little thing going on. <laughs> you know, Another one of my favorite kitty party. Beltran. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Hello, Ed Lero. Um, all right, gentlemen. <laughs> on that note. Uh, on that note. All right. Um, I would say join us again next week, but we uh, <laughs> with the team doing what, what it's doing, I guess we're depressed, but next we will month. try to be back. Join us it. next month. Next month. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to get back to you guys shortly. Leave a message at the tone, and we will uh, be with you later. Come on. Come on. Gentlemen, it's been fun. Absolutely. Three in the ninth, Mets score to lose. Seven and a half. Tom Smith is hungry. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.